And welcome everyone to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk. I am one of the co-hosts, Matt, and today he is back live and in living color, Mr. Slade. Slade is back on the podcast. How's it going today, my man? It's going good. Finally got my folks back. They're back in Alabama. They had a great time. We had a great time visiting the countryside of Kentucky. Hate I missed last hate I missed the last episode, but you know, I knew you'd have this. I knew you had it handled from where you were, so we're good to go. Man, I tell you, I, I you say you hate it, but I I probably hated it even more. Uh, that was my first time trying to do it by myself, and it, I, I'll just put it this way: to anybody that does a podcast regular regularly by themselves, I much respect. Uh, there's there's no way I could do that continuously. Um, so okay. I'm, I'm 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 certainly glad to have you back this time. Excellent, excellent. Glad to ha- glad to be back. And before we get into things, as always, if you will please give us a follow on Twitter at Turnbuckle P, and then on Facebook, if you are on the Facebook, we are at facebook.com backslash buckle talk, or just type in Turnbuckle Talk into the search bar, and our Facebook page will, will pop up for you. Uh, if you will just give us a like on Facebook or follow us on Twitter, and you'll stay up to date every time we drop a new episode or any updates that we that we post on those pages. Uh with that being said, Slade, did you get to, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but did you listen to the episode I released last week? Uh, a good, I didn't get to listen to all of it. I got to listen to a little bit of it. You sounded good. It was good stuff. Um, like I said, we were out in the middle of nowhere in Kentucky, so I was trying to listen to it on the way, while we were out there, and there's about 45 minutes worth. There's only about 13 miles, but because you have to drive slowly around the curves, you can't really uh, – you lose phone service all of a sudden any, any and all listening to things is uh, is pretty much out the window so understood so, and I, was, I did listen to our, and i did listen to our watch along with the with the halloween havoc i was listening to it before and i, and I thought it actually sounded quite good so i was i was pleased nice nice well i was just going to ask if uh if 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 I guess, for lack of a better word, what if you agreed with what I was saying, or if you had any different opinions on like the current I, state of Raw and SmackDown, or if you've, you've watched enough of it to have your own opinion? I like some of what they're doing. I love, and, and one of the things that we'll, we'll get to talk about, uh, Roman Reigns' run as, as on SmackDown is, is kind of the head man, is kind of the, the guy on SmackDown has been just has just been a, a just knocked it out of the park. You can't really say enough about what he's done. Um, and, and again, the Usos also a huge, huge part of it. I like the fact that they split up the new day without having to do the turn. I, I really like, I'm glad they didn't do the cliche, you know, one of them gets jealous of the other and, and swaffles him with the chair. And then the other one has to make up his mind. I'm glad they just let them, let them break off. I think Biggie's, I think Biggie's time's coming. Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to come as soon as I thought it would, and we'll talk about that here in a second because I've got an I, I got a hunch I know where uh, one of our mania matches is going to go, but I, I like a lot of what they're doing um, on the raw side. Um, I've seen a little bit. I've seen enough to know I really like the hurt business. I don't really like retribution, but they're also making retribution look like a joke, and that kills it. Like. You have to let Retribution get a few wins every now and again just to keep give them credibility. Now, do I personally prefer the Hurt Business beating Retribution every chance they get? Yes, but I, I would prefer um, 
I would prefer having uh, retribution get just a just a couple of wins every now and again, just to sort of make it seem like they have a legitimate chance when 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 push comes to shove. Um, and one of the things I, I I was liking about Raw that changed on this uh, pay per view is Drew McIntyre's reign as, as champion. They've done a really nice job sort of setting him up as the dominant champ. And well, as we know, if you didn't watch it, uh, that ended. That, that ended. Orton's, Orton beat him in the Hell in the Cell match to to win the strap. So not the end of the world, and I'm kind of understanding because Orton had been so good during the whole. He's been so good that it almost seems like you almost have to give him a reign just as a thank you for all he's done, particularly post-COVID. Like, he's been one of the main carriers uh, of the whole of the whole brand. So, I, I get it. But I really like Drew as the, this dominant champ. Oh, um, absolutely. And I, I actually don't mind that they swap the titles with the Street Profits in the New Day. Like, I don't mind it because it makes sense. But I wouldn't have done that anyway i just let them where they were it seems kind of like a cop-out way of giving giving each of them a, an extra title reign rather than just letting them stay where they were and getting a longer one but other than that the 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 rest the the wrestling is good storylines for the most part are decent right now um you just worry that down the road you know three months from now things will be completely blown up for no good reason and then you'll look We'll look back and be like, why did they do this? Uh, yeah, yeah, you and me both. Uh, it actually just popped in my head when you're talking about New Day and Street Profits doing that title swap. Um, I didn't have a problem with it either. But then, if, you know, uh, on Raw last night, they announced uh, that New Day and Street Profits are wrestling at it's Survivor, Survivor Series. Series. And so my fault when they announced that was, well, if you're going to have them at Survivor Series, there's no point. Well, not even that. Have a unification match because they, there's no tag teams left. <laughs> yeah, because they split them all up. Yes, just keep it, uh, you know, uh, keep it a cross brand and yeah, just yeah, have like, one, one set of titles uh, until the tag division gets back to where you can feasibly have two separate titles. Because at this point in, in the draft, they broke up, what, three other tag teams? And we have another. Uh, we had another breakup during the pay per view. So right, and it's just, it, just, it doesn't make sense because the tag team division is, and I think I said it in the podcast I released, but it, it, it's the weakest tag division that I've seen in WWE in a long time. And with the way they're treating it, I don't think Vince really cares. Yeah, like, very much about the tag division, or else he would be trying a, to put things together instead of just splitting them up. You know. Yeah, um, which is a shame because they because and the shame is you've got. The Street Profits are a really good team. I really like them. I think, uh, particularly Montez Ford, I think has a has a ton of potential there, and you could really make them if you had a good division where they could sort of s- sort of be that that dominant team. But now it's just like, well, you beat this team that broke up two weeks later. So who have exactly. you? What have you really done? Exactly. And, and, and like I said, you, you know, they announced, they announced that match last night for Survivor Series, you know, and it's going to be a good match. Like I'm excited for that match. It'll be a, a knockdown drag out match, but just seeing them announce that like two weeks after they just traded titles and you, you could have added yeah. some, some sort of stakes to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, and- it would be the perfect time to unify those titles for, you know, the next year, two years or whatever. 
Yeah, treat it like the original undisputed championship and the women's title was that when they first did the brand extension, where it's where you know those titles go cross brand, then we have our own this, that, and the other. So, like I said, I I like what they're doing now, but I'm cautiously optimistic because I've I've been burnt too many times. Yeah, uh, that makes and that, too. And it's a shame, and it's a shame that I feel that way because the talent in ring is doing everything they can to keep me in the product, but. You know, kind of is what it is. Absolutely. Well, with that said, uh, let's get to why we're here today. We're here to review and recap and talk about Hell in a Cell that took place on this past Sunday. Um, it came from the Thunderdome. Uh, I'll give my overall thoughts to the pay-per-view real quick. I thought it was a solid pay-per-view. Um, I know we've talked about it on a couple episodes, the last five or six pay-per-views that WWE's had, they've done a really solid job, in my opinion. I think they found out, uh, found a, a nice formula for their pay-per-views, you know, having seven matches or so in about three hours. Um, it had a very, this pay-per-view to me had sort of, it had like an NXT type feel to it in terms of the length of the matches. You know, all three yeah. cell matches got ample time to tell their story. I mean, the first match went over 40 minutes. Um, so they let those matches tell the stories that they needed to tell. And the, the, the matches in between, I think, did their job in terms of getting you to the next cell match. Yes. Um, yes. You know, they're not, uh, none of those matches that happen outside of the cell, none of them are going to be memorable matches, you know, stuff you're going to be talking about six months from now or three months from now. But I think they did the job of getting you to that next match that you will be talking about. Right. One little side note that, that I had while I was watching, I think I was watching the kickoff show or whatever, but that the, the pay-per-view itself. And I saw this on Twitter as well from, from a handful of people, but to me, the pay-per-view has kind of diminished the actual hell in a cell match, you know, 100% agreed. 100% agreed. And I was listening to uh, uh, Peter Rosenberg's podcast and they, him and uh, they were talking about it. And it's like, just think of it this way. Anytime somebody mentions Hell in a Cell, what are your first first two thoughts? You know, me, it's fully going off the Hell in a Cell. And then it's it's the first Hell in a Cell, Sean and uh, Undertaker. Yep. Thank you. yep. You know, but That's you've fine. had you've had a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view since, what, 2009? Yeah. And I could probably name on one hand the the yep. hell in a cell matches that i remember since the pay-per-view has started was was yeah that and that's me like hell in a cell in 97 between hbk and taker and we'll talk about this hopefully soon it, it was designed as a way to keep people out of the ring but it also and then, but it sort of felt like one of those feud enders like you know we we you know, we keep having interference. We keep having problems. So we're gonna put you two in this, this, this structure, this cage with a roof on top where nobody can get in, and then you two are gonna fight it out. And one of you's gonna leave. Having a hell in a cell pay per view every year, it just becomes another bump in the road, and it, it's it's somewhat similar to what WCW did with War Games at the end. Like war games in the in the late eighties and especially early nineties, ninety one and ninety two were just phenomenal matches. You know, it felt like one of those we're you know whoever wins is 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 you know the ultimate victor, and you know this this ends it. Whoever loses can't you know you can't really come back from this. 
Now it's like, eh, well, if we lose the Helm Cell match, we'll just come back two weeks from now and we'll fight again. And I, I don't, I think it, I think you've got diminishing returns there. I really do. Absolutely. And it, 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 it having three of them on the card, I think there's only been one other time they had three cell matches. Um, but having three of them on the card before the show started kind of, I don't want to say it scared me, but it made me apprehensive um, as to, you know, hey, this is going to get very boring very quickly seeing three of the same matches when that match is supposed to be special. You know what I mean? Um, right. But, you know, we'll get into it, but I, I sincerely believe all three Hell in a Cell matches delivered uh, way better than they should have. But, and one last thing about the Cell before we get into it, and I don't know if it's just me but the red, the red nope. cell is nope. god awful. Nope. <laughs> and it makes it look to me. It makes it look cartoonish. Well, it makes it look plastic. Fake. Like yeah. you know how you have those fences that have like the rubber coating over the actual, yes, yes. And like you, as a kid, you like peel on it and it chip off or whatever. And then the real yes. aluminum or metal was underneath. That's what that looks like to me. Yeah, it, um, it looks like it looks like the kind of fence you'd have at a play, at, at like an elementary school playground. Right, like a safety fence type deal. Yeah, like, it's a fence, but we're covering it up just to protect the kids from yeah. themselves. Yeah, like the hell, um, like the original, the old hell of the cell with the old chain link was just like that was a structure that just looked scary. Like it right. looked, it, you know, it looked like the kind of thing like if you get knocked into that, it's gonna hurt. Yep. And God help if you get thrown off the top of it. the red one. Yeah, it just looks childish almost yeah it looks too gimmicky yeah like it yeah it's too it's too far in the direction of of um of uh gimmickry yeah that's a yeah yeah i think it's a good word and i just yeah every time it, the cell match would come on i just that would be my first thought is like get rid of this red cell get back like to regular, it, it, yeah get back to the regular cage there's nothing wrong with it you're fine Absolutely. Well, with my little petty complaints out of the <laughs> way, uh, do you have, I think I got most of these right. Uh, do you have a, a, a copy of the the order? Of the I show? Was, say that again. Do you have a, 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 can you find the order of the show? Like the match yeah, order? That, yeah, but just a second. I sure can. I know Roman I know and Jay the, were well, first. I know the, the kickoff in the first match. Yeah, I forgot about the kickoff match. uh, With with, uh, Gulak and R-Truth. And that was actually, I know it's 24-7, blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, Gulak and I could watch him wrestle all day. And then, obviously, R-Truth, you know, he's entertaining. He could read the phone book and make me laugh. Yes, yes. Um, So, I thought that was a pretty nice little kickoff match to get things started. Um, Absolutely. And and, and the the after effects when uh, Zawa and who was the other one? Gulak, because um, R-Truth retains the 24-7 title. And then after it's over with, um, Tazawa comes down with some ninjas and... And Lucha House Party, party too, wasn't it? Lucha House Party, yes. They came down and then, uh, you know, Truth runs away, stops by the kickoff panel. And then Gulak comes up behind him and says, by the way, your childhood hero, John Cena, sucks. Yeah, I, I laughed I, at that. I love I love Gulak. Gulak's so 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 good. Um, and speaking of Tazawa, real quick, just since you brought him up, and I tweeted this out on our our Twitter account last night when he was wrestling on Raw. Like, regardless of what you think of the ninja gimmick, 
it has made him more prevalent yes. to more people. It has given him a he, he solidified a spot on the main roster. He's found a niche. He's bought into the gimmick. And I many more people know who he is now than yes. when he was just being a serious wrestler. Yeah, so he's going about the cartoonishness and 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 whatever, but it's created a legit spot for him. So I can't knock that. No, you, you gotta do what you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. Absolutely. But yeah, that was a that was a pretty solid kickoff match. Um, you know, you're never gonna have a kickoff match where you're going head over heels for it, but I felt like that was a good way to start the show. Good, good way. And again, our truth always gets the crowd into it, so that's a good thing to do. And then we opened up with the the actual pay per view. They had some uh, they had some promo videos going into it, and we open up with the challenger Jay Uso versus Universal Champ Roman Reigns, and in our first of three Hell in a Cell matches, and. When I, as I've mentioned, I, I work, I have to be up early in the morning, so I can't stay up and watch a lot of the hell, a lot of the pay-per-views live. I have to generally watch them the next day on the, on the network. But when I saw on Twitter that this match was leading off, I had to stay up, like I had to, because that was their match at, at, um, at the previous pay-per-view was so good that I was like, I, I just need to see this again. And of course, going into the match, the um, the the stipulation is if Roman wins, and it was an, and it was also an I quit match. I forgot to I forgot to mention that part of it, which becomes important later on. So if Roman wins, he beats Jay Uso, makes Jay Uso say I quit. Um, the Usos have to take orders from uh, Roman and do whatever he wants them to do. Or the Usos and their family are immediately disowned by the the rest of the uh, Anawa clan, and of course, as we know, the uh, the Usos and Roman are cousins. They're all they're all part of that whole that big family. So going into the match, um, one of the things that I've kind of enjoyed is Paul Heyman's not as boisterous as the um, as the talk as the manager for for Roman, like. With Brock Lesnar, you get that very bombastic, that very, that very um, chesty. Here is the beast incarnate, Brock Lesnar, because you know, you know, you know him and Brock are tight, and you know he knows Brock's going to kill people. But with Roman, it's like he's kind of nervous about what he's actually unleashed every time Roman does something. Yeah, he's kind of scared of him. Yeah, yeah, like he, like he's here. And he thought he knew what he was getting himself into, and now that he actually sees what Roman's capable of, he's not sure he really wanted any part of this. But it's too late now; he can't really get off that off that track. Because if you remember in the Clash of Champions match between uh, he and between Roman and Jay, when Roman was demanding Jay call him the Tribal Chief, you know, Heyman's the one outside screaming, "You are the Tribal Chief!" You know, to try to get him to stop and. Roman wasn't having it, you know. I won't. I don't. I you know. I I don't mind. You know. I don't want you saying it. I want him saying it. So that leads into this match. Um, Jay got some good offense in. Um, they had a spot where they had a strap, and 
Jay got some licks in. He started choking Roman with it, which somebody pointed out that that's the exact thing that Daniel Bryan got fired for back in 2010 when they did the when they did the Nexus gimmick and he grabbed Justin Roberts' time yanked on it. But they did all this, but eventually you kind of knew what was going to happen. You know, ultimately Roman's just the the better the better wrestler. He's just bigger, stronger, whatever. And so Roman starts just beating Jay to a bloody ball. And Jay will not say, I quit. He might have been unconscious. Who knows? And, of course, Roman's in there talking trash, telling, you know, when we were little, this has been going on since we were little kids. You never would acknowledge that I was better than you. And, you know, that was fine when we were kids. But now we're both 35-year-old men, and you still can't get it through your head that I'm, that I'm the better wrestler, that I'm the better man, and blah, blah, blah. The referee was trying to get, you know, trying to get Jimmy to or get Jay to say I quit, and <laughs> Roman got tired of hearing him ask him, so he just threw, threw him over the top. Then you had some referees come down to try to stop the match, and Roman wouldn't, you know, Roman starts abusing them. You start bringing all these uh, these officials, like Adam Pierce comes down, and eventually, if you know, you know he locks the cage door to, you know, because he's like, you know, I'm fixing to end this once and for all. Does a couple of drive-bys with the steel steps with the Jay's head in between, you know, nestled up against the ring post. I mean, those look nasty. And then Jimmy comes down. And like in the first match, when Jimmy came down and threw the towel in and covered Jay up to keep, to keep Roman from just, you know, completely destroying him. Jimmy comes down and he covers Jay up and he starts saying, Hey, look, whatever you're going through, we can get through this together. We're a family man. It's uh, it's we, we can work this out. It's not that deep. And, you know, this is Josh, which is Jay Uso's real name, Joshua Fatu. And, you know, we can, we can get, we can fix this. This is fixable. Let's just work together and we'll, and we'll get it. And of course, Roman, he, he broke out the tears which I thought was a nice touch, you know, because, and then he says, I don't know who I am anymore. And they do the fist bump and they do the little hug. And it looks like we're going to get the happy ending. And then Roman puts him in a guillotine choke and Jay starts to stir from there. Sees Jimmy in the thing, tries to get Jimmy out of it. Can't. And does the only thing he knows to do. And he says, I quit to, to end the match. So that means uh, Roman wins the match. And as you mentioned, the match went, over 40 minutes it went or yeah it went with the uh, with all the intros and everything it went well over 40 minutes and then as the match ends you see Afa and Sika the wild Samoans come out um Sika's Roman's father Afa's Roman's uncle and they had that lay they had that traditional red lay and they put it on Roman's uh round Roman's neck as the symbol is he's now the uh, tribal chief. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought it, I was surprised that it opened the show. I saw that on Twitter a few minutes before the show kicked off. Uh, and, and it surprised me as well. I was assuming just based on the story and, you know, it being a blood family feud that that would be a, a, a way to end the show. Um you know, with that being said, to me, the match had a, a main event feel to it instead of an yes. opening match feel in in the traditional sense of the opening matches, 
usually going to get you up out of your seat. Obviously, there's no fans to get up out of their seat, but you know, Dude, it's going to try and get taste. right. It's going to try and get you excited, hyped up, get your adrenaline going, and get you excited for the rest of the pay per view. I feel this did the opposite um, because I did catch myself, and I'll get to it in a second. But I did catch myself in the middle of this match, going, "Damn, whoever's coming on next is in trouble." Um, just for the simple fact it was a very slow, uh, a slow, methodical match, but it was. I feel like it was necessary for it to be that for them to get the storytelling in. Um, yeah. You know, I love, and they did it at Clash of Champions as well, but I absolutely love them um, utilizing not having fans by being vo- vocal in the ring and, and actually telling the story verbally in the ring. Um, and I think that makes up for not having the fans live emotion. Um, now you're bringing out the wrestler's emotion, whereas if the fans weren't there, they're not really going to be verbalizing that much with each other. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I thought it was the best storytelling in a long time in a match that WWE has done. Uh, it, it, you know, there were a couple, I never thought that Jay was going to win, but they did a good job of giving him the offense at times, um, making it to make it seem not so one-sided. Uh, and I'm also... No, you're good. Go ahead. I was gonna say, and, and like the thing they did with the choke, it, it gave it a plausible, you know, it gave, it gave it some plausibility. Like Jay's not gonna beat him overall, but if he can catch this one thing on him, he has a chance. Right, right. And I'm still interested because uh, obviously they're still tied to each other, regardless if they're gonna have another match or not. So I'm still interested to see where the story goes. Um, you know, it doesn't seem to be over by a long shot. There's obviously rumors of this leading to a match with Roman and the rock at WrestleMania, blah, blah, blah. I'm interested just to see the immediate, what does Jay and Jimmy do? Are they, are they going to still try and, and go against Roman? Or are they going to wind up turning and join him with Roman? Uh, and also, I, I, I don't know, but it, it seems like this feud has come across as like Roman has some insecurities. You know, yeah. for him, for him to need Jay and Jimmy to admit you're the you're the leader, you're the tribal chief. It's like he needs that pat on his back from somebody to that, you know, that positive affirmation that, yeah, you are that guy. You are the one that should lead our family. And, and it, it just makes me seem that there's like a, a layer there that hasn't really been peeled back that they're, they're going to dig into in the future. And I hope they do, because that could be interesting, especially with the way Roman has come back. Oh yeah, and and they did, and again that that image of uh, of Alpha and Sika, you know, with with the Usos looking on, just completely despondent in the ring, as as Alpha and Sika give him the the lay and and sort of acknowledge him as the as the leader was nice touch. And again, you you mentioned it, the way this the way this storyline has gone, I almost feel like they have the rock locked up for mania you would think just so you because, would hope so just because the whole head of the chief head of the table tribal chief i'm the leader of this family when you know that there's a you know there's a really big fish that's in that family that might have something to say about it like it, it almost seems like they have to just because you, you know and you know the fans know that that there's a who the real actual tribal chief in that in that group is right and they keep they keep pounding the whole family story 
Right. And they've mentioned Afa. They've mentioned Sika. They've mentioned Rikishi. They've mentioned the whole thing. But they don't, they haven't really harped on The Rock. Right. And with it being The Rock, the biggest movie star in the world, if you feel like they would harp on that, yo, this is The Rock's cousin, nephew, whatever, you know, like you would keep interjecting his name unless you were trying to keep people from thinking about it. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, so I hope for WWE's sake that they do have it lined up already because um, I think and that it, would be the best payoff for this story. Of course, the, the, the only thing is Roman almost has to go over and. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's but, definitely, and, you, and, and, you know, you know, The Rock was there in Philadelphia at, the, at Rumble 15 when the fans just completely rejected him. So, you know, The Rock's all in for getting him. Like you've mentioned this before, The Rock's all in on getting him that moment back. You know he is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, and it could be kind of something similar to what they did with uh, Rock and Cena, where it's, it's a two-match thing. You know, The Rock gets the better of him the first time, and they can build that up for the second time, and then that's when the reigns. I don't, you know, I don't know. It's just speculation. But, yeah, that, that's my hope. That's my hope for that story. On um, They'll keep going with it. I um, mean, it'll continue to be kind of a slow build with everything. Because uh, Roman, you can tell that Roman's invested – hundred and ten percent and this is the best work he's done um not considering the match itself you know his facials and mic work and all that yeah he's he's hitting this out of the park he yeah. he really has he has stuck his teeth to it probably doesn't hurt that you know it's it's the usos that he's working with you know he knows them he know you know they're they're tight in real life so I, i'm sure that's that helps but He's really, really put taking his game up seven, eight notches. Yeah. And he was already starting to come into his own in that before you know he left from the from the whole COVID thing. So, yeah, he's he's really he's really uh, he's feeling it for sure. And speaking of feeling it, we're going to move on to the second match. And I felt terrible for these two people, but you had Jeff Hardy versus Elias. Uh, it, it was a match that was put together. I think on Raw Monday night. Yeah. Uh, the Monday night before uh, the pay-per-view and Elias just returned. And so I was thinking to myself, I mean, you know, Elias just returns. They can't give him the loss. And then, then Hardy's kind of on a roll. It wouldn't really benefit to give him a clean loss. Um, and I just felt bad for them having to follow uh, Roman and Jay just because a 40 minute match to open up the show, telling that much, showing that much emotion and whatnot. It was only natural for whoever was following. Uh, you know, back in the day, yeah. Slade, this would have been where they had a bikini contest or a pillow yes. fight. You know, yes. but they, they don't have that luxury to squeeze that in there anymore. So somebody had to draw the short straw. And unfortunately, it was Jeff Hardy and Elias. Uh, I, I'm a fan of both of them. Elias, to me, is a lot like Baron Corbin in the fact that he can get on your nerves very easily. It doesn't take much for him to to make somebody mad. Uh, I enjoy watching him on on, on TV. Um, one thing I'll uh, one thing I'll say for Elias, I, he is one of those guys that I think the lack of crowds hurts because so much of what he does is based off interaction and based off getting the crowd response to his his music, and that's a shame because he, he his gimmick is money. Absolutely. Uh, um, speaking on that, I did laugh. He's done it a few times, but every time he does a little performance, he tells them, you know, silence your cell phones, 
yes your mouth it's like well there's yes. nobody nobody has you know but i yeah i always pop at that but yeah it it, it definitely hurts him not having fans um obviously it's hurt every wrestler but like you said with his gimmick being very um, I would say 85, 90% fan interaction based to get him to be a heel. Um, it, it has hurt him. Um, Jeff won by, no, Elias won by DQ, right? Yes. Um, Jeff, Jeff hit him with a guitar after Elias Jeff, got it Jeff, out. Jeff had enough of of uh, Elias' buffoonery and, and uh, Elias was going to grab the guitar and waffle Jeff with it, but Jeff beat him with a punch, nailed him in front of the referee, got a got the DQ, which, which is kind of funny. One of the, uh, Elias is one of the few people I've seen in a live event and Elias actually lost the match to Finn Balor by hitting him with the, with the, with the guitar. So, so I kind of popped a little bit when I saw, when I saw the uh, guitar getting used. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good way of doing it where you don't make, you know, the returning Elias eat the loss, but it doesn't make Jeff look like a buffoon. He's just a guy that got fed up and right. had enough of uh, the crap. It was like, okay, if that's where you want to be, that's fine. Watch this. Bam. So, right. So it, I, it also told me that it, it also told me that the story wasn't ending. And then yeah. obviously if you watch Raw the next night, they went through two more guitars and the story is obviously not ending. And I, I was wondering, like, do you think WWE's budget is bigger for kendo sticks or for guitars? Ooh, because <laughs> they've been going through a lot of both. I feel like I feel like you can get those guitars at Walmart for like ten bucks a piece. I hope so. Like, like get those little so. kitty, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't think you're going to be spending the spending that three four hundred dollar guitars on. You're probably getting the cheapos that break on that break if you stare at them long enough. Elias is going to go through more guitars than uh, freaking Jeff Jarrett did back in the day. That's impossible. That's, that, <laughs> I mean, I mean, now honky maybe, maybe the honky tonk man <laughs> break quite as many guitars. Although, if Jake Snake Roberts is well, Jake Snake Roberts can be believed because we've actually, if you've ever seen it, the the angle they did where a honky hit Jake and they didn't they didn't gimmick it up, and so he yeah. hit it with an actual guitar and it didn't break and it really messed Jake up. So hopefully they uh, they learned their lesson there and they're either getting the really cheap ones or they've got them really nice and rigged up so that they shatter on impact. So. But yeah, Jeff wins, and we've got ourselves a little bit of a few. This is kind of a few kickoff more than a few ender. But since it wasn't in a cell, I'll let it go. Absolutely. And was the next match Bailey and Sasha, or was there another? No, match? no, 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 no. We had we had uh, Miz versus Otis. Okay, this is one Otis and Miz. Which they did a uh, they did a they called it Law and Otis on SmackDown. They did this little uh, trial thing where. Um, JBL presided. Um, Ron Simmons was the bailiff, and uh, Teddy Long had some role in it. I can't remember exactly what he was. He there was for. like the oh, photographer. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. But then he had to go pee. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love Teddy Long. Oh, he's great. Put him and, and R Truth so, segment together. Yes. He need you know we need we need R Truth to go one on one with the Undertaker. That's what we need right there. And then you know R Truth to just completely freak out. But anyway. So they did this thing and um, where JBL forced Otis to put his uh, Money in the Bank briefcase uh, on the uh, on the line against uh, against the Miz, who, if you if you don't know, ten years ago had the Money in the Bank and cashed in on Randy Orton after Survivor Series. So 
you know, there's kind of a little history there. You know, can he get can he get the briefcase back? Otis has held it for a while. And there's been some speculation of how are we going to keep Otis from, you know, not looking like a complete idiot because we can't really afford to have either of our champions lose to this guy. So what's a way to do it where he doesn't look like a total buffoon? And they figured the best way to do that was to take it off of him because the Miz ends up winning. Um, they end up doing a deal like during the whole match. Morrison's um, out with Miz. John Morrison goes out with the Miz. And Tucker comes out with Otis. So you got Heavy Machinery and Miz and Morrison out there. And during the match, Morrison would get cheap shots in. The Miz would distract the referee and Morrison would get cheap shots in. And Tucker would look at him all menacingly and like stalk around the ring. But it wouldn't really do anything. And then finally they did a thing where uh, Morrison's going to try to get Miz the briefcase. Referee sees it and throws Morrison out of the ring. And so Tucker's the only one there. He grabs the briefcase and they do a spot where the Miz throws uh, throws Otis into the ring, into the ropes, and heavy machinery breaks down as Tucker nails Otis with the, with the briefcase. Um, leaves Otis laying. Miz gets the pin. One, two, three, and now the Miz is Mister Money in the Bank. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if you saw this, but I tweeted on the on the on our Twitter account. It had to be 30, 45 seconds before it happened. But I tweeted out. I said Tucker's about to turn on Otis at me, and then yeah. sure enough, he hit him with it. And I don't know if it's because I've watched so much wrestling. I don't know if it's because yeah. I've I've listened to the Bruce Pritchard's podcast for a while. Or if I just noticed, because I noticed that when Morrison left, Tucker moved around to where Morrison was with his back in front of the hard cam. And I was like, yeah. well, he didn't move for no reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, I was, Tucker's about to, to turn on him. And then I, I tweeted that out probably a minute later. He hit him with that briefcase and I just started laughing. I was like, I knew it. I knew it. And to me, it made sense. Um, I wrote down, you know, I had I had a feeling Miz would win from the get go. It, it, it made the most sense. Uh, like you said, the Otis with the money in the bank, it, it wasn't working. Um, there, there's no way you could believe he would cash in on a on a world champion. Um, I thought that maybe before she got moved to Raw that they could have done something to where he gave up his briefcase for Mandy Rose to get a championship shot or something like they could yeah. have tied into that. Uh, obviously that time had passed. So I like what they did. Uh, Miz, Miz can do a lot with that briefcase. Um, and it is something where he doesn't have to cash in immediately. He can keep talking about it and keep working on the mic with it. Um, regarding Otis and Tucker, I hope it's something for them, uh, but they're on different shows. So like, yeah, they turn on each other or Tucker turned on Otis, but now they're on different brands. You just had a draft. So having them on it's WWE, I know, but still, uh, but deep down, I feel like we're going to see Tucker chasing our truth and backstage in about six weeks. And that'll be about where I he get, goes. I get three. Yeah. I get, you know, it, I don't, I don't see that. I don't, I, he's got a, he's, he's a big guy. Um, he can go in the ring. I just don't think he stands out to Vince. And, you know, it's obvious that Otis is – I don't want to say he's Vince's puppet, but he makes Vince laugh. You can tell that that's the only reason he's on TV, doing what he's doing. It's like a poor man's uh, – a poor man's uh, – his name's uh, – you know what I'm talking about. Fat guy. What? In the what? 
Mommy Boy. Uh, oh, Chris Farley. Chris Farley. I was thinking it was Charlie Sheen, but yeah, Chris Farley. He's like a poor man's Chris Farley. Yeah. Um, and you can tell that that just pops Vince every time he sees it on TV. That's why there hasn't been really much evolution of his character since he's been on the main roster. Um, so I think he's fine. But Tucker, I, he'll either be back in NXT in six months or, like you said, in three weeks, he'll be chasing the ninjas and our truth backstage for the 24 seven title. Yeah. And, and, and turning and yeah, Tucker doesn't strike as a guy. You're right. He, he's a, he's a big guy with a pretty good work rate. Uh, he's got a decent look, but you know, so much of what he was was built around Otis's goofballery. You know, and, you know who he is. He's another big cast. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. He was kind of the he was kind of the big guy that would that would sort of be the the real muscle to the the antics of Otis. And without somebody to play off of, I just don't I don't see it work. I don't when you turn somebody serious, it just it just never seems to work. I have a thought of what I kind of want Miz to do. By the way, see what you think of this. So he's got the. He's got a title match, right? He's got he's got the contract, right? Um, as Charlotte has shown, as she did at um, WrestleMania, theoretically you can take that to NXT. So what I would like to see is the Miz decide he wants to slum it up. In his words, not mine, he would slum it up on the with the uh, on the. On the NXT, he'd be like he'd be like a perfect Hollywood heel there. Like he goes down there, he he catches it on Miz, gets the belt, and then's like, I'm not going to wrestle here every week for you idiots. You know, you know, you people need me more than I need you. I'll let you know when I'm going to show up, and you know, and he'll have all these ridiculous demands. I think that might be a better use of him than having him try to take the belt off Orton or Reigns. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Like you said, compared to taking it off of Orton or Reigns, uh, that's not very believable. Obviously, the last time he cashed in was on Orton, but uh, yeah, if, if that's like the three options, give me yeah, give and me I, your and, options. And I think, I think Hill Miz on NXT works just perfectly. It will. Because yeah, like he would be the perfect like antithesis of what NXT is. Like, yes. not to not is wrestling he's actually a pretty good in-ring guy but that's not what that's not what he is that's yeah. like he's not a he's not a pure workhorse guy that's what it is he's full of just the perfect i'm better than you i don't have to do all this stupid crap that you have to do because i can i'm rich i've got a rich i got a i got a hot wife i've got a tv show i'm just you know i'm they made me come here because of your bad ratings kind of thing. I actually, yeah, I actually like that because, like, I, you know, we've talked about before, my big issue or my one main issue with NXT is that it's, like you said, it's more it's, – it's just wrestling. Um, but if you could get Miz and Morrison down there for three months or something and just have, you know, the dirt sheet where they're doing their goofy sophomoric uh, stuff where it adds that level of entertainment for five minutes to that show – I it think it, it would benefit. It would benefit the whole show overall because it would give you that entertainment factor. And it may also help you. Uh, it may also help you, uh, like, develop some of these guys that he's working with. 
kind of help them find their voice while they're down there, you know, because being able to play off of Miz and Morrison can help quite a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't know if you heard that part in my, in the podcast last week, but I said that, you know, Miz and Morrison, they remind me of early two thousands, Christian and edge with the, yes. five, with the five second pose stuff. Like it's cheesy as sophomoric, but it works because yeah, the chemistry, the chemistry they have together, it, it yeah. just pops off the, off yes. the screen. So yeah, and, no, I like that. I like that. And, 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 and I saw this on Twitter and somebody saw it when I saw it online and I, Jake Mazar was the guy that retweeted. I can't remember the name of the guy who put it out originally, but I saw that. And like when I saw that, I just was like, "Oh, that's perfect." No, that makes sense. That's that's one hundred percent perfect because that that way you don't have to like take the belt off of an Orton or a Reigns, right? But you can let and you can let the Miz really kind of sink his teeth into, into that Hollywood Hill character that he does so. Absolutely. No, I, yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Um, it'll be, it's going to be interesting to see what they do um, with the Miz and the Money in the Bank. And like we said, or like I said about Otis and Tucker, I think Otis is going to be fine. He'll still find a way to to do his little cut off tank top, showing his belly and all that. But Tucker, he can always, he can always slide into the old Axel Jim Duggan. Absolutely. I just think Tucker's Tucker's probably the odd man out in this whole scenario. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, was the next one Bailey and Sasha? This was Bailey and Sasha. Okay, okay. Uh, so we had Bailey and Sasha Banks inside Hell in a Cell. They were fighting, uh, wrestling for Bailey's WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, I think most most uh, wrestling fans would say this. You know, between this and Roman and Jay, um, they're the two best storylines going in wrestling right now. Um, I when Roman and Jay was the opening match, I was anticipating that Bailey and Sasha were going to close. I did too. That was my exact Um, but to see it in the middle show, it I mean, it made sense to me. I wasn't upset about it or anything like that. Um, I was just worried about them getting time, you know. But like I said earlier, the way they paced the show and, and spaced everything out, it worked out fine. Um, I will say with, with, with Sasha specifically, I always, anytime she's in a gimmick match, like a, a TLC match or a Hell in a Cell match or any type of gimmick match, I always get nervous for Sasha because yes. that, that woman will do anything in a match. Yes. And I always just get nervous because I don't know when it's going to go too far with her. You know yeah, what she, I mean? She's, and, no, she's, she's, she's a pretty small woman. She's like 5'2", five, 5'3", five, about 115 pounds. And you're right. She will she will absolutely throw her body out there. She'll do whatever it takes to, to get, it, get, get that point across in that match. So, yeah, I, I'm with you because you don't know when she's going to when she's going to do too much and then Right, yeah. the ambulance out. Exactly. And she's a phenomenal talent. She's oh, just, yeah. just one of the most talented women I've ever seen. See, like she can like she can talk, she can work, she's just she's got the look. She she's 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 just the total package. Um no no offense to Lex Luger. But uh <laughs> but uh and again this storyline this is a small quibble in the grand scheme of things. I thought they rushed a little too much yes. just because, you know, you did the deal where um, where Sasha had her neck um, filmatized, where Bailey wrapped the chair around her neck and stomped on the chair. 
I thought that I thought this could have been held off a little bit longer. I know that you know the Mandalorian is is now on Disney Plus or it's about to be on Disney Plus, and Sasha Banks has a has a support role on that show. So I, there might have been some cross promotional stuff they wanted to do. I don't know, but you know I thought they could have given this a little bit more time, yep. but that doesn't take away from the the awesomeness that that this match ended up being because this. This, I won't say it was a match of the night, but it was a very close second to Jay and Roman. Like, like these two, these two could always go. Their their match in Brooklyn, the Sasha versus uh, Bailey at, at Brooklyn, or their Iron Woman match the next month on NXT Takeover at Full Sail, are just two of the best women's matches I've ever seen. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and so yeah, this match has. You know the whole the whole thing was uh, leading up to this match. Bailey refused to sign the contract to do this, and so Sasha put her in a bank statement and wrapped her wrapped Bailey's neck around the chair and made her sign it while he, she had her in that to get this match going. And during the match, they had um, you know Bailey just kind of wailed at, at Sasha. They they beat the crap out of each other for for twenty six minutes is what they ended up doing. Yep, um, just. High impact offense and offensive moves everywhere. Um, Bailey just really attacking Sasha's neck, which was, you know, obviously going to be tender because of what what Bailey had done to it. Sasha getting some licks in, um, and just just a really physical, um, brutal match, which which really a hell in a cell match should be. Um, but it's like you say, you always get a little bit nervous when Sasha's in these because you always worry that she might that she might try to do too much to get that across and then my, you know they were having to get people in there my big concern with that is i feel like sasha's trying to figure out how far is too far yep there's only one way to find that out and that's to go too far exactly and then you're, then you're getting loaded up in an ambulance and being shipped out and, exactly and and, and it, it i and I think it's like you said, I think it goes back to her body. Like she just, she doesn't look frail. I don't want to say frail, but you, it's like you said, she's small. She's yeah. Um, you know, she's still, she's muscled up and whatnot for her size. But I mean, you've seen grown men, like thick grown men, like they put their body through stuff like that and it doesn't. It doesn't go well. Yeah. It doesn't sustain itself. And so that's just my big concern with her because she is fearless and she'll put, you know, she puts it all out there because she loves what she's doing. And I respect the hell out of that. But on a personal side, I'm just uh, always getting nervous. You're always like, hey, you might I want at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it's, it's like, I want to see you wrestle next year as well, you know, like. But at the same time, I don't know that she would be as good as she is if she right. did that. It's, 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 it's such a delicate balancing act there because because you don't want to tell her, oh, don't do this because, but. At the same time, you're kind of like it's kind of like having a horse. It's kind of like you know you want to put those you want to put the reins on it, and, but at the same time, you don't really want to because you don't know because you, you're afraid it'll take away from who she is if you do. Right. And one thing I will say about her um, that I've noticed is she she's not necessarily reckless with the stuff she does. From what I've noticed, she'll do it with Bailey. She'll do it with Charlotte. It's the girl. It's the women she trusts the most that she'll do it with. Which, if you're going to do it, that's the way you want to do it. You don't want to do it with 
some random person that you don't have much chemistry with, you know, with Bailey, uh, I even wrote it down. I said, the chemistry is off the charts, you know? Yeah. I feel like they can't do, you put those two together, or if you throw Charlotte in there as well, and obviously Becky Lynch, the four horsewomen, any combination of those, I don't feel like they can do any, much wrong in a match. No, they're um, going to have a good match. Just because they've been around each other for so long and they know each other so well. Um, and so, like I said, you know, she's going to take those chances and do those things. Just be smart, you know, do it with the people you trust the most. And I think she has done that to her credit. Uh, the match itself, I thought it was a very creative match. Like you said, they just beat the hell out of each other for almost half an hour. Yep. Um, but, they, but they had some very creative spots. You know, that catapult into the kendo yeah. sticks that Bailey did on Sasha. I thought that was very yeah. creative. I was wanting to see what she was going to do with the duct tape and the kendo sticks, but that didn't seem to work out. Um, although I did laugh whenever she asked the ref if he could help her out because her hands were sweaty. Um, when she was having trouble, when she was having trouble getting the duct tape started, because I know yes. from experience, like getting that duct tape started on a fresh roll, like somebody should have went before the show and like peeled off a couple pieces. That way, it was already, you know. That's started. it. Yeah, that, that first that first pull oh. is always the toughest. And then she was all sweaty and stuff, so I, <laughs> I imagine that was getting frustrating for her. But no, that's uh, a very creative spots. Uh, they utilized the cell very well. Um, and speaking of that, uh, going back to my point about having three cell matches, I thought, without getting into too many specifics, but I thought all three cell matches utilized the cell differently. But yes. they util utilized it well. Uh, uh, Roman and Jay, they didn't really use the cell. They, they didn't use it as much. It just added to the match, in my opinion. Sasha and Bailey, they used it more in a hardcore style. And then Drew and Randy, they used it in a traditional cell. Like, I'm going to rake your head against the, the cage, and I'm going to throw yes. you up against it. So I thought, even though there were three cell matches, I thought that they were all three done very differently, and they all stood out in their own right. Um, I'm glad that Sasha won. I thought it was the right thing to do if they were going to have the match at that pay-per-view. Because like you said, I even said it on the episode last week. Like, I thought they were moving this too fast. Um, you know, just two weeks ago, Sasha's in a, in a neck brace yes. and now all of a sudden in kayfabe, she's in the most dangerous match that you can be in, in WWE and it's all these dangers and stuff, but like she was just in a neck brace. So why would you, not? it, you know, I wish, but on the other hand, that also kind of, I was starting to think because I think everybody will agree Sasha and Bailey is a perfect WrestleMania match. Perfect. Yes. Um, even Royal Rumble, if you wanted to blow it off then. But that also made me wonder, hmm, is Ronda Rousey coming back soon? Possibly. Because, you know, obviously Becky's out. Charlotte's supposed to be out for a little while longer. But the only justification I can see to paying this off, and I think it's still going to keep going, uh, the only justification is if you have bigger plans than just Sasha and Bailey at WrestleMania. Right. Um, and, and Ronda coming back at Royal Rumble, you know, and winning the Rumble. And then that would be, that would make sense looking back in hindsight, you know, I'd be like, okay, yeah. I understand why they did the match at Hell in a Cell. Um, like I said, I don't think it's going to be the last match between them two. Uh, the story's too good for it just to be over with right now. Um, but yeah, I agreed with you. Like it didn't make sense for them to do it right now, giving all the stuff we know. Um, but since they did it, I was glad Sasha won, switched things up, 
um, and see where she takes the title. Hopefully she'll have a successful title defense, which she still has never had for some odd yes. reason. Um, I would like to see her get a, a nice sustained run with it and, and, and establish her dominance as a champion for once. Yes. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a really good match. Really, really good. It is a great match. The ended I loved. Uh, it was sort of a callback to Brooklyn too, because in that match, um, of course, that match Sasha was the heel, Bailey was the face, and then in the bank statement, and Bailey had a broken hand or a hurt hand or a hurt wrist or something kayfabe, and in that hold, Sasha started stomping on the hand to try to get him to tap. And, right. And Bailey rolled through and turned into her own bank statement. And they kept on, so that was kind of a nice little callback. That and with you know, and then they had her in the chair, so that that really helped to it. My hope is they don't go back to the Bailey and Sasha well too quick. Right. Like I hope they kind of they like. I don't want to say split them off, but kind of have it where other people are wanting that title shot because they know of Sasha's Sasha's proclivity to lose it quick. Right. So maybe like have a bunch of other women try to keep doing that and then go back to the Bailey well, maybe around Royal Rumble time to set up for Mania. Because yeah. I don't because like I I don't think this feud needs to be blown off in two months. Like it, it needs to simmer a little bit. So maybe you know, like maybe have them cross paths but not necessarily at each other's throats like they have been. Right. You know, I had a thought. Uh, I can't remember if I put it on, if I said it last week or if I thought of it afterwards. But before the draft, I would have split them up. Keep Bailey on SmackDown since I should have Raw. Um, and then you could have created something kind of like you said, where they're not always interacting with each other, but there's that that feud still going and you know it as a viewer where, you know, Sasha could get on Monday Night Raw and she's like, OK, well, I got drafted over here. Bailey, I'm not done with you. You know, I'm not going to forget about what you did to me. My ultimate goal is to take that title from you. Yes. But in the meantime, I'm on Raw. I'm going to assert my dominance on this brand. Whoever's champion, I'm coming for you. You know, and then two weeks or, or then on Friday night on SmackDown, Bailey could do her little heel stuff. And then like, hey, Sasha, how's it feel? You know, not having a chance to beat me, blah, blah, blah. And then every other week or something, you could throw in something in a promo or or whatnot. Yes. And then at a Survivor Series where you can intermingle, have some kind of little small thing and then keep it going. And and you're still keeping it fresh, but you're keeping them away from each other. Um, and, and what? And you can even do the thing like, okay, Sasha goes to Raw, she goes for a little while, then she decides she wants to challenge Oscar for the belt. And do the thing where Bailey comes out and calls Sasha the match because of what Bailey, you know, kind of paying off the Bailey or Sasha ruining her match with, uh, with, uh, with uh, with Oscar over right. Clash of Champions, so like, there, like there's there's some things you can do there, but and then but you yeah. you know and then you could have Sasha win the Rumble, yes, and then she could say, well, I get my choice of who I want to of who Go I want to challenge, and hey, Bailey, it's me and you, WrestleMania, yep. you know. But hey. that's also that's also what makes me think that they have something bigger in plan because that yeah, makes too much sense. Yep. Well. We we this ends up being the cooldown match. Um, after this, I was about to we, say, is the next one slap slap nuts and Bobby Lashley? Yes, yes. Okay, I'm gonna tell you. I wrote down for this match, and I'm gonna tell you what I wrote down on this match. L O L. Yes, that's all I wrote. L O L. Because I don't I don't know. 
I don't know. Okay, so before the show started, or on the kickoff show, um, Mustafa Ali, who I gotta say is is a much better sinister heel promo than I thought he would be, but he issues this challenge to the Hurt Business, who I have a very soft spot for, that any one of them can face any one of his guys from Retribution. And, of course, immediately online, and you have to be very a very online fan to get this. You know, fan, you know, people were saying, oh, let's get let's get uh, Shelton versus Mia Yim. <laughs> because they, like, those two have been going at it for, like, for years. Those two have been going at it on Twitter. So they're like, oh, this would be perfect. But anyway, so we end up getting um, Bobby Lashley. Um, he, uh, they cut a promo in the back and, you know, and Charlie says something effective. Oh, I see where Bobby Lashley's stepping up. And, you know, MVP's like, we don't really have anybody that steps up. Lashley just, you know, he's he's the CEO and he wants, whatever he wants to do is what we're going to do. So if he wants this fight, he's going to have it. <laughs> and, and then they cut, to, they cut to the rest of them and uh, MVP says uh, ask Shelton, Shelton, who should Bobby fight? And of course Shelton goes the one with the goofy mask <laughs> and and they all look at him kind of funny and it gets kind of a chug in the audience and then Shelton goes oh, uh, the one they call Slapjack or uh. Slap Nuts I'm good with either one and so they proceed to go to the ring and, and MVP says something effective, oh by the way let's you know, let's 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 make this interesting. Let's have n- neither one of us will be down there. You know, it'll just be those two in the ring. And of course, Lashley puts him in the hurt locker in like four minutes, and the match ends. And poor Slap Nuts is uh, is left laying. And then, you know, Retribution comes down, and Lashley beats them all up. <laughs> and, and the hurt business starts coming down. And it's just it's just great. Like, like the hurt business is like, you know, I Announced that it was going to be for the U.S. Championship. My first thought was, "Oh God, they're giving Retribution a title," which would have been terrible itself. But the way they booked, way uh, to me, this is this obviously wasn't Vince's idea to put Retribution together, or because they've lost like all four matches they've been in now, and it is like that's not a Vince creation. Unless Slapping yes. the apron and slapping the flimsy tabletop and like shaking a rope once and it's like, are you supposed to be intimidating? Because yes. you just look like you're having like you're spazzing out, like you're throwing yes. a temper tantrum, yes. and it doesn't it doesn't translate. And I don't know if that's how it's supposed to be. Like I don't know if they'll come out in three months and laugh at us, say, "Oh, we got all of you, whatever." It doesn't make sense. It's dumb. It's the worst thing I've seen in wrestling and or in WWE and probably 
well since the Lana and Rusev wedding and all that earlier this year. So, well, but anyway, <laughs> anyways, it's terrible. And all it is because none of it's believable, you know? Yeah, like it, it, it had potential at first. Yeah, it did. Just, it did. But they've just. And then they took a chainsaw to the ring ropes and I was done. I was like, all right, this is, this is stupid. Um, it, it makes no sense. I feel bad for the Hurt business because I'm like you. I'm a big fan of them. Um, I think putting them together has really rejuvenated uh, Shelton Benjamin and Bobby Lashley, um, putting them with MVP and letting him be the mouthpiece for them uh, because I feel like, you know, throughout Benjamin's and Lashley's career, really the only not either one of them have had is they're not very good on the mic um, in general MVP. terms. But MVP can carry that for them. Um, and, and all they have to do is worry about wrestling. And, and, and to be fair, and to be fair, Lashley and, and, and Benjamin have gotten way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not bad at all. I'm just saying, like, that's the only knock you but, can have yeah. on them throughout their career because they're both chiseled out of stone and they're both athletic as all get out. And they're all, you know, they're yeah. all believable. Yeah. And so the only thing you could knock on them in their 15-year career is there mic work? Uh, but yeah, MVP. putting them with putting them with MVP. I mean, he he's it's great still- on the mic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I'm like you. I'm I'm a real big fan of the Hurt business. Uh, adding Cedric Alexander is a nice touch. I think that's great for him. Yeah, um, he's essentially getting he's going to school every week. Um, that's essentially yes. what he's doing. So I think that'll pay off for him. Maybe not now, but down the road in the future. Um, as long as he soaks up all the stuff that they're showing him. Um, then I, you know, and I feel like this is a, I feel like the Hurt Business is what MVP and probably to a lesser extent Lashley and Shelton Benjamin want for themselves yes. right now. And they're yeah. getting, they're kind of getting to call their shots because uh, their promos don't sound scripted necessarily. Um, I just want something different for them because this whole retribution thing has gotten comical and the only thing that'll happen, and I was telling my fiance this last night because she was watching or uh, Monday night on Raw. Yeah, it was last night. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was kind of giving her the background on Retribution because uh, she doesn't watch outside of Ronda Rousey. She ain't going to watch wrestling. But um, I was kind of giving her the background and how I just thought it was the dumbest thing going. And, and it's like I told her, I said, it's to the point now to where if Retribution does win, it's not going to build them up. It's only going to put the people they beat down. Yes. You're not elevating anybody by having retribution win at this point. You know what I mean? Like if they were to finally beat the hurt business, well, I'm not going to look at retribution as a more dangerous tag team or a dangerous group. I'm going to say, damn, what have they done to the hurt business? They're burying the hurt business now. And it shouldn't be like that. If you want me to believe retribution, give them four or five, six wins in a row. Yeah, you know, let them look intimidating. Let them look like they actually mean business, and then you guys laid in the back, even like yeah. And you know, and then the whole deal with retribution is supposed to be a heel group, but hurt business is supposed to be a heel group. But then, like last week, you had the fiend in there with them, and he's supposed to be a heel. But then you got one heel beating up another heel, and we're supposed to be happy that it doesn't make sense, man. It doesn't. You know, I was holding out hope that maybe, uh, maybe uh, Bray Wyatt or the Fiend winds up somehow becoming the actual leader of Retribution, 
um, because he could tie in a little retribution angle that they're talking about not getting the chances and all this and that, because, you know, if you want to go back to it, Wyatt's old character, his, you know, his swamp character, uh, he was great on the mic. His gimmick was great. The whole thing was great, but he, they never let him win a big match. Every right. big match he ever had, he lost. So I could see them tying that into it somehow. But other than that, man, I don't see, it's just, I hope I've heard rumors, you know, it'll be broken up in a month or whatever. Um, I hope for everybody involved for their sake that it is. Uh, Cause like you said, Mia Yim, uh, who's it? Uh, Dominic Dajakovic, uh, Dio Madden and whoever slap nuts is, I forget his name, but, or is it Shane Thorne? Isn't it Shane Thorne? I think Shane Thorne is slapjack. Yeah, but, you know, Miriam, Dajakovic, they can both really go in the ring. Um, and I've heard Shane Thorne can go in the ring. And then Dio, he's 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 still green, but he's got a look to him. He's a big dude, you know. Um, I hope for everybody involved that this gets dropped soon. Um, they can get off television for a couple months, repackage themselves, and come back as legitimate threats. Um, on yes. the main roster that or just send them back down to NXT and let them keep doing what they were doing beforehand and don't even act like retribution happened just bring them back on TV this is me you know this Dominic Dajakovic continue continue what they were doing three months ago um yeah because this is not it's not good man we all got lost we had amnesia we don't remember anything exactly and like yeah what what, it, what are you talking about retribution I don't like delete all the videos off their YouTube channel <laughs> like yeah. everything just erase it like on men in black that little red flashing thing yes it's like yeah we're erasing that from our memory um so yeah uh i don't even think we said but yeah you said it bobby lashley won retained the championship um thank god yes and then that that leads to the main event right yep that's it okay and so the main event was drew mcintyre randy orton for the raw uh or they call it the wwe championship yes uh, the and this was the third Hell in a Cell match of the night. And like we kind of talked about earlier, initially before the pay-per-view, I thought Roman and Jay was going to be the, the main event. And then after that was the first match, I thought Bailey and Sasha was going to be the main event. So by process of elimination, this wound up closing out the show. Um, it made me think that there was going to be something, some kind of swerve or Miz was going to cash in at the end um, for them to not have the other two as main events and this one as a main event. Yeah, um, that didn't really happen. Uh, even even without any kind of swerves or anything, I enjoyed the match. Really, um, it was really well done. Like I said earlier, I think all three cell matches kind of stood out in their own way. Uh, I think if this, if if Drew and Randy would have been on a, a pay per view by itself, where it was the only yeah. Hell in a Cell match, I think it would have stole the night. Um, Drew's grown on me a lot in the ring. Uh, yes, he he can go. You know, he can he can really go. Um, I was kind of like you. I, I enjoyed his title run, uh, but I was also excited for Randy to win it. Uh, mainly because, like you said, the year he's had, you could tell he's one hundred and ten percent in it. Um, yes. he's been killing it every single week on the mic in the ring, every storyline. Honestly. Well, yeah, yeah, I was thinking of something else. But, yeah, he's been killing it this whole year. Um, and I think this is a nice nice reward yeah, for him. I, and he's – I mean, Orton's always going to be a believable champion. 
um, regardless of how old he is or whatever. He's always going to be a believable champion as long as he's wrestling consistently. Um, yeah, Orton, Orton's one of those guys that no matter what, you know you're going to get a – when he's at 55%, he's still better than 90, 98% of the people out there because he knows – he knows exactly how to work. He knows how to get a point across. And when he is feeling it, when he is motivated, when he is on his game, whatever you want to call it, there's very few people better. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's absolutely. and that I would say that ever. I mean, there's a reason your edges, your Cena's, and like your old timers like Flair, and I think Harley Race was always there. You know, would always say how much they appreciated Orton's work. Yep. And Orton's been I don't want to say he's been the MVP by himself because there's been a lot of MVPs this year for the WWE. There's a lot of people you could give that to. McIntyre, you could. Oscar, you could. Bailey and Sasha, you could. Um, Ed, you could before he got hurt. Who else? The Fiend. Oh, yeah, The Fiend. You know, there's a ton of people that have really stepped their game up, especially with with all that's gone on. But Orton has really, really picked his game up. So, um I like Drew McIntyre as champ. He did a really good job. He, if before when this year started, if you had told me that I'd have been happy for a Drew McIntyre WWE Championship run and would be like excited to see what he did, I'd have laughed at you because right. like that seemed completely out of the, you know, out of the realm of possibility. But he really grew into that role. He did. He, he, really, he did. He really made himself a and and. He's built himself in a position now where you can always go back to him and it won't feel it won't feel forced. It won't feel yep. stupid. It'll be like, hey, we know we can do this. So I am uh, so while I'm glad Orton got into the championship reign because Lord knows he's earned it and Lord knows, you know, he's at fourteen now, which yep. would uh which puts him two behind Flair and Cena all time. So you know, Orton having the belt's great. I, I do want to give uh, tip my hat to Matt, Drew McIntyre for really, really doing a phenomenal job as a as a as a champion. Um, and you know, I, I hope he gets some more chances down the road because he really, really, you know, he he kind of had that infamous story when he was first in WWE. He was kind of handpicked by Vince McMahon as his guy, and then it just never quite clicked for him there. And he eventually got fired. He ended up kind of rebuilding his name back in the in the independent scene and on uh, and on TNA as Drew Galloway came back to NXT as and won the championship there and really really stepped his game up. Um, he's a naturally likable face, which is hard to pull. And he's and and especially considering that they made him a heel his entire career before this, so. You know, like I said, I'm hoping that, you know, I'm hoping that this leads to, you know, more chances for him because he really, really did a good job. Uh, absolutely. And I think uh, to your point that you said uh, a couple minutes ago, uh, I think they've done enough with Drew building him up. Um, I think he's safe in terms of you can go yeah. back to him at any time and, and he's still elevated uh, character wise. I don't think him losing to Randy. I don't think that's a step down for him. You know, I still it's think he's burial. right. He's still at that main event level. And if they want to revisit this, you know, three months, six months, a year down the road or whenever they want to give him another shot, it'll be believable. Um, 
I'm like you. If you'd have told me at the beginning of the year he'd have a six-month title run, would have laughed. Uh, but I think and he did. Given the circumstances, I think he did the best job he could have possibly done with it. Yeah. And with that being said, I feel terrible that his first big run was in this now. situation. Uh, because, yeah. you know, like you said, that everything he's been through on his journey, and a lot of it was self-inflicted, but everything he's been through – um, and then and to essentially come full circle back to WWE and, and, and get that moment and for it to be the payoff to be in the performance center. Um, yeah. that, you know, that's always going to be, I don't want to say a bad look, but, you know, you're going to get that sympathy um, because it wasn't how it was supposed to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, like he had, he had finally got himself over with the live audience. Right. Because he got that huge pop when he when he knocked uh, Lesnar out at the Rumble. And, yes. And kept, and, you know, he ended up winning it. And the crowd was fully behind him, and then we can't have crowds anymore. Right. And so that first that first title win is going to be um, – it's, 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 I'm not going to say tainted, because that's really not fair to anybody because, I mean – but you're not going to have that same moment where that crowd just explodes when you win that title. You know, you, you have to win it to silence. Right. And that's always going to be, I'm sh I'm sure if you gave Drew McIntyre truth serum, he would tell you that it, that it hurts. Oh yeah, like, definitely. Like he would never, he would never say that in public. He would, cause obviously it was, you know, it was just a terrible situation. It wasn't any, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't Vince's fault. It was just kind of an is what it is situation. I don't. Did you see his WWE 24? I think it was a yeah. 24, the Chronicle, yeah, they, where they because yeah, they were with him and they were so yeah. Excited. And but it it was so weird because he literally was sitting on the couch watching the match where he won the championship, like yeah. the rest of us, and yeah. like that had to be so surreal. Like you're watching yeah. WrestleMania, you're sitting there on the couch with the championship in your hand, but you're watching and like no champions ever had to do that you know like no. they don't go they don't watch their match on it's just yeah certainly it, not in a wrestlemania you know ex yeah that's what i meant like a, a main event wrestlemania match that was taped two or three days before it's just a really weird situation for him and like i said i think he handled it as well as he could have or as well as anybody in that position could have like i said being their first big title run uh as world champion in wwe you know that's everybody's dream if you're a wrestler um, and to get that moment and and it all be out of your control or Vince's control or anybody's control um, and for it to happen like that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel terrible for him. Um, but like I said, I think he can come back with no problem down the road and get and get another legitimate run, one that he deserves. Um, and, and kind of like in a not an appreciation tour, but, you know, kind of give him what he missed out on his first run. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, I'm excited to see what happens with Randy because there are a lot of possibilities. You know, you can have uh, – you, you got the Miz running around with the briefcase. Uh, Drew's still there, you know. Yeah. Um, the Fiend, obviously, there's that natural connection with the Fiend. Although, personally, and we've talked about this, I don't think the Fiend needs a championship. He's fine by himself. But if they wanted to restart that feud with Orton, I think that yes. would be another feud that Orton would dig his teeth in on and go all out for. Oh, yeah. um, and, and so I think, some, and you do have some history there between he and Bray Wyatt with the whole Randy joining the Wyatt family. thing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying, you know, with Randy, I'm excited just 
just to see where it goes, you know, just, just to see what is next for him. Because and then obviously in the back of the head, in the back of your head, Edge is coming back sometime. You know, yep. um, it may not be in the next month, it may not be in the next three months, but he he'll be coming back. And you know that feud isn't over with. Um, so right. I'm excited just to see just to see where it goes. Probably the next six to eight weeks with him, and to see which direction they choose to take it. Uh, but yeah, like like you said, going to Drew. Um, kudos to him for the title run that he did have, given the circumstances. And he, uh, you know, he turned me into a fan. Um, yeah. Point blank. Yeah, he he's a. Uh... They all they did a great job, and again, Orton, Orton is champ. Just this year feels right, and yeah, uh, definitely. And like like you said, you know, with with Drew, he's still got enough. He's still got enough in the tank, and he's done enough enough that you don't. The WWE knows they can go to him if they if if they need him. There that you know he if this was a test to see if he could if he could handle being the guy, he passed it with flying colors. Oh, so. For sure. So, you know, I'm, I'm again, this was a really, this was a really good match. I, it's, it's unfortunate. I think it was the third best of the three right. Hell in the Cell matches, but that's, that's more a testament to how really good the other two were than to say anything negative about this. Um, you know, and, or, you know, I love the whole, you know, I loved Orton coming out in pants. That was kind of funny with the, with the, you know, he had the, the all black thing going. He climbed the cage, which I'd never in a million years thought I'd see Randy Orton do. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> like, and and of course, you know, it ends with with Drew going for a Claymore, Randy ducking and hitting the RKO out of nowhere, and that being that. And so Orton gets his 14th title reign, and that sets us up for Survivor Series, which apparently is going to be Raw versus SmackDown. In uh, NXT this year is not going to be around. Yeah, I'm, I'm Survivor Series, and you know we'll get into it a little bit later on on, on some more episodes. But yeah, I, I'm kind of over Survivor Series. Um, there's <laughs> no real stakes to it. It's just become like a bragging rights thing. But I was thinking, like, if you're gonna have Survivor Series, like, if you're gonna do the draft, right? Why yeah. are you doing? Why are you doing a draft? What a month? Or four or five weeks before Survivor Series, where the whole premise of Survivor Series is Raw versus SmackDown. Yes. Do the draft, the Raw after Survivor Series. Yes. And then you can have your Survivor Series. You know, the winner of the men's Survivor Series match, whatever team wins, they get the first two male picks. And then the winner yeah. of the women's Survivor Series, they get the first two women's picks. Or you could add. And, 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 the, and the captain gets auto, you know, the captain gets autoimmunity. They can't be drafted to the, to the other brand. Right. But why, why am I supposed to think that AJ Styles cares about defending Monday Raw Night Raw when he's been on Raw for three weeks? When he was the face that built you know, the place on SmackDown. Yeah, he just was on SmackDown for two years. But and that was his sudden, whole thing. It was like he was a hardcore SmackDown guy. Right. And so if you're going to do the draft and you're going to do it so close to Survivor Series, I say just flip it and do it the week after Survivor Series. That way you can add stakes to the Survivor Series matches. Um, because yeah. as they are right now, I, I, don't, I don't care about them. Um, they're just glorified tag team matches, in my opinion. Um, and they haven't really meant much in a long time. Right. But yeah, uh, but going back to Hell in a Cell, um, overall, like I said, I thought it was a solid show. Um, all three Hell in a Cell matches delivered, which in a pay-per-view called Hell in a Cell, that's that's what you're looking for. 
Um, yes. I thought the storytelling progressed. Um, even, you know, even in Otis Miz match, there's storytelling. Um, overall, just, just be done with retribution and give Hurt Business something better. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, the pay-per-view itself, no, no real major complaints, like I said, outside of retribution. Um, and I do want to state that, like, my disdain for retribution isn't the people in the group. Yeah. It, it's the creative. Um, yeah. I respect everybody that's in that group and what they do. Uh, they're, they're, they're the creative. It's not believable. It makes no sense. And they're, they're doing the best they can with a crappy, crappy hand. Absolutely. But, yeah, I, yeah, thought, it, I thought it was a solid show. Um, like I said, and I have been saying, uh, I think WWE's found a nice little – formula for their pay-per-views the last six months or so five six months uh, seven eight matches and let them let them breathe let them tell a story and you get out of there within two two and a half hours three hours max and, yep. and it works it's been working it's been working really well it was um, two it was 25708 on this one which yeah. is about where you want it to be absolutely it's, it's an episode of raw uh yeah. you know and i hope they keep that formula going for the foreseeable future um, outside of maybe, you know, the big four, Rumble, uh, Mania, Survivor Series, and SummerSlam, you know, make those four hours or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, Hell, Hell in a Cell, it was, it was pretty good. It was pretty, pretty solid. It wasn't, it wasn't hard to get through. Um, it moved really well. Um, so I was satisfied with it. Yeah. Very good show and sets us up for Survivor Series and and uh and the rest of 2020 absolutely um any other closing thoughts uh not not really i think we about hit everything we we can on this one uh we've got uh you know i know we got survivor series coming up and then i guess we'll get ready for rumble season and of course that gets it set up for mania season so absolutely the wheels so never stop spinning you got it <laughs> Well, all right then, Slade. Well, uh, before we get out of here, like I said earlier in the episode, if you're still listening to us, uh, first off, we appreciate that. Secondly, if you could give us a follow on Facebook and on Twitter. On Facebook, we are at Buckle Talk. And on Twitter, we are at Turnbuckle P. Uh, give us a like, give us a follow, and be sure to stay up to date anytime a new episode drops and anytime there are any, uh, any informational tidbits that we will be releasing um in the meantime we look forward to hearing back from you and we should be out with another episode here in the next few days and if everything goes as planned it should be a really 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 fun episode that i've yes. been looking forward to for a while now um that's all i'll give you on the hints but hopefully it comes to fruition and if it does i think it'll be a really fun episode i do too i think it'll be great well, all right, Slave. Well, I think my yard's about to flood, so I'm going to go move my vehicles real quick all right. that happens. But uh, in right. the meantime, you stay safe. Don't work too hard. And I'll be talking to you again soon, my man. We'll see you, bud. All right, man. Have a good. You too. All right. <laughs>